Chapter seventy one of the Ontario Reader's Third Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Neeraja Nagarajan. Chapter seventy one Little Daffy Down Dilly. I slept and dreamed that life was beauty. I woke and found that life was duty. Daffy Down Dilly was so called because in his nature he resembled a flower, and loved to do only what was beautiful and agreeable, and took no delight in labour of any kind. But while Daffy Down Dilly was yet a little boy, his mother sent him away from his pleasant home, and put him under the care of a very strict schoolmaster, who went by the name of Mr. Toil. Those who knew him best affirmed that this Mr. Toil was a very worthy character and that he had done more good, both to children and grown people, than anybody else in the world. Certainly he had lived long enough to do a great deal of good, for, if all stories be true, he had dwelt upon earth ever since Adam was driven from the Garden of Eden. Nevertheless, Mr. Toil had a severe and ugly countenance, especially for such little boys or big men, as were inclined to be idle. His voice, too, was harsh, and all his ways and customs seemed very disagreeable to our friend Daffy Down Dilly. The whole day long this terrible schoolmaster sat at his desk overlooking the scholars, or stalked about the schoolroom with a certain awful bridge-rod in his hand. Now came a rap over the shoulders of a boy whom Mr. Toil had caught at play. Now he punished a whole class who were behindhand with their lessons, and, in short, unless a lad chose to attend quietly and constantly to his book, he had no chance of enjoying a quiet moment in the schoolroom of Mr. Toil. This will never do for me, thought Daffy Down Dilly. Now the whole of Daffy Down Dilly's life had hitherto been passed with his dear mother, who had a much sweeter face than old Mr. Toil, and who had always been very indulgent to her little boy. No wonder, therefore, that poor Daffy Down Dilly found it a woeful change to be sent away from the good lady's side and put under the care of this ugly-visaged schoolmaster, who never gave him any apples or cakes, and seemed to think that little boys were created only to get lessons. "'I can't bear it any longer,' said Daffy Down Dilly to himself, when he had been at school about a week. "'I'll run away and try to find my dear mother, and, at any rate, I shall never find anybody half so disagreeable as this old Mr. Toil.' So the very next morning off started poor Daffy Down Dilly, and began his rambles about the world, with only some bread and cheese for his breakfast, and very little pocket money to pay his expenses. But he had gone only a short distance when he overtook a man of grave and sedate appearance, who was trudging at a moderate pace along the road. "'Good morning, my lad,' said the stranger, and his voice seemed hard and severe, but yet had a sort of kindness in it. Whence do you come so early, and whither are you going? Little Daffy Down Dilly was a boy of a very ingenuous disposition, and had never been known to tell a lie in all his life, nor did he tell one now. He hesitated a moment or two, but finally confessed that he had run away from school on account of his great dislike for Mr. Toil, and that he was resolved to find some place in the world where he should never see or hear of the old schoolmaster again. Oh, very well, my little friend answered the stranger. Then we will go together, for I, likewise, have had a good deal to do with Mr. Toil, and should be glad to find some place where he was never heard of. 
our friend daffy-down-dilly would have been better pleased with a companion of his own age with whom he might have gathered flowers along the roadside or have chased butterflies or have done many other things to make the journey pleasant but he had wisdom enough to understand that he should get along through the world much easier by having a man of experience to show him the way so he accepted the stranger's proposal and they walked on very sociably together they had not gone far when the road passed by a field where some haymakers were at work mowing down the tall grass and spreading it out in the sun to dry daffy Dilly was delighted with the sweet smell of the new-mown grass and thought how much pleasanter it must be to make hay in the sunshine under the blue sky and with the birds singing sweetly in the neighbouring trees and bushes than to be shut up in a dismal schoolroom learning lessons all day long and continually scolded by old mr toil but in the midst of these thoughts while he was stopping to peep over the stone wall he started back and caught hold of his companion's hand quick quick cried he let us run away or he will catch us who will catch us asked the stranger mr toil the old schoolmaster answered daffy downdilly don't you see him amongst the haymakers and daffy downdilly pointed to an elderly man who seemed to be the owner of the field and the employer of the men at work there he had stripped off his coat and waistcoat and was busily at work in his shirt sleeves the drops of sweat stood upon his brow but he gave himself not a moment's rest and kept crying out to the haymakers to make hay while the sun shone now strange to say the figure and features of this old farmer were precisely the same as those of old mr toil who at that very moment must have been just entering his schoolroom don't be afraid said the stranger this is not mr toil the schoolmaster but a brother of his who was bred a farmer and the people say he is the more disagreeable man of the two however he won't trouble you unless you become a labourer on the farm little daffy downdilly believed what his companion said but he was very glad nevertheless when they were out of sight of the old farmer who bore such a singular resemblance to mr toil the two travellers had gone but little farther when they came to a spot where some carpenters were erecting a house daffy downdilly begged his companion to stop a moment for it was a very pretty sight to see how neatly the carpenters did their work with their broad axes and saws and planes and hammers shaping out the doors and putting in the window-sashes and nailing on the clapboards and he could not help thinking that he should like to take a broad axe a saw a plane and a hammer and build a little house for himself and then when he should have a house of his own old mr toil would never dare to molest him but just while he was delighting himself with this idea little daffy downdilly beheld something that made him catch hold of his companion's hand all in a fright make haste quick quick cried he there he is again who asked the stranger very quietly old mr toil said daffy downdilly trembling there he that is overseeing the carpenters tis my old schoolmaster as sure as i'm alive the stranger cast his eyes where daffy downdilly pointed his finger and he saw an elderly man with a carpenter's rule and compass in his hand this person went to and fro about the unfinished house measuring pieces of timber and marking out the work that was to be done and continually exhorting the other carpenters to be diligent and wherever he turned his hard and wrinkled visage the men seemed to feel that they had a taskmaster over them and sawed and hammered and planed as if for dear life oh no 
this is not mr toil the schoolmaster said the stranger it is another brother of his who follows the trade of carpenter i am very glad to hear it quoth daffydowndilly but if you please sir i should like to get out of his way as soon as possible then they went on a little farther and soon heard the sound of a drum and fife daffydowndilly pricked up his ears at this and besought his companion to hurry forward that they might not miss seeing the soldiers accordingly they made what haste they could and soon met a company of soldiers gaily dressed with beautiful feathers in their caps and bright muskets on their shoulders in front marched two drummers and two fifers beating on their drums and making such lively music that little daffydowndilly would gladly have followed them to the end of the world and if he was only a soldier then he said to himself old mr toil would never venture to look him in the face quick step forward march shouted a gruff voice little daffydowndilly started in great dismay for this voice which had spoken to the soldiers sounded precisely the same as that which he had heard every day in mr toil's schoolroom out of mr toil's own mouth and turning his eyes to the captain of the company what should he see but the very image of old mr toil himself with a smart cap and feather on his head a pair of gold epaulets on his shoulders a laced coat on his back a purple sash round his waist and a long sword instead of a birch rod in his hand and though he held his head so high and strutted like a turkey cock still he looked quite as ugly and disagreeable as when he was hearing lessons in the schoolroom this is certainly old mr toil said daffydowndilly in a trembling voice let us run away for fear he should make us enlist in his company you are mistaken again my little friend replied the stranger very composedly this is not mr toil the schoolmaster but a brother of his who has served in the army all his life people say he is a terribly severe fellow but you and i need not be afraid of him well well said little daffydowndilly but if you please sir i don't want to see the soldiers any more so the child and the stranger resumed their journey and by and by they came to a house on the roadside where a number of people were making merry young men and rosy-cheeked girls with smiles on their faces were dancing to the sound of a fiddle it was the pleasantest sight that daffydowndilly had yet met with and it comforted him for all his disappointments oh let us stop here cried he to his companion for mr toil will never dare to show his face where there is a fiddler and where people are dancing and making merry we shall be quite safe here but these last words died away upon daffydowndilly's tongue for happening to cast his eyes on the fiddler whom should he behold again but the likeness of mr toil holding a fiddle bow instead of a birch rod and flourishing it with as much ease and dexterity as if he had been a fiddler all his life he had somewhat the air of a frenchman but still looked exactly like the old schoolmaster and daffydowndilly even fancied that he nodded and winked at him and made signs for him to join in the dance oh dear me whispered he turning pale it seems as if there was nobody but mr toil in the world who could have thought of his playing on a fiddle this is not your old schoolmaster observed the stranger but another brother of his who was bred in france where he learned the profession of a fiddler he is ashamed of his family and generally calls himself monsieur le plaisir but his real name is toil and those who have known him best think him still more disagreeable than his brothers oh take me back take me back 
cried poor little Daffydowndilly, bursting into tears. If there is nothing but toil all the world over, I may just as well go back to the schoolhouse. Yonder it is, there is the schoolhouse, said the stranger, for though he and Daffydowndilly had taken a great many steps, they had travelled in a circle instead of a straight line. Come, we will go back to school together. There was something in his companion's voice that little Daffydowndilly now remembered, and it is strange that he had not remembered it sooner. Looking up into his face, behold, there again was a likeness of old Mr. Toil, so that the poor child had been in company with Toil all day, even while he was doing his best to run away from him. Some people, to whom I have told little Daffydowndilly's story, are of the opinion that old Mr. Toil was a magician, and possessed the power of multiplying himself into as many shapes as he saw fit. Be this as it may, little Daffydowndilly had learned a good lesson, and from that time forward was diligent at his task, because he knew that diligence is not a whit more toilsome than sport or idleness. And when he became better acquainted with Mr. Toil, he began to think that his ways were not so very disagreeable, and that the old schoolmaster's smile of approbation made his face almost as pleasant as even that of Daffy Dandelay's mother. Nathaniel Hawthorne End of chapter 71